You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Oh my gosh, session four. The amount of stuff that we cover in this session is just wild. We talk about everything from mindset to discounting to what to do with friends and family to how to hire to building your ideal schedule. It is amazing everything that we dive into. And I think it is going to be so, so helpful for everyone listening. Again, whether you don't even have that first client yet or whether you're scaling the six-figure business, it is so beautiful to just see how these concepts are so applicable to all of us across the board. So I won't spend too much time talking about it because there are so many good nuggets in this one, but I will let you dive in. And thank you again so much for being with us, so much for listening, and so much for the love you've been giving Sam and I. Okay, beautiful. So just tell me what's going on. Give me a brain dump. Tell me all things related to clients and applications. Yeah, so I've gotten, I think um, I gave you an update the other day, and I think I said I had 18 applications. So I think I've gotten one or two more since then. Yes! So we're up to about 20. So I think that my goal is like I definitely want to get at least 25 to 30, um, which I think is like definitely doable um, at this point. And, um, but I've been like, you know, I was just telling you, like, I feel like weird things are happening in my life. Like the universe is trying to keep me down. Facebook, I posted in a couple of groups about the VA position. Like, literally, like, three groups. And all of these groups are, like, made for this, right? right? right. Like, you know, you do hashtag, opportunity, the whole thing. And Facebook fucking flagged me. And now I'm not allowed to post in any groups until midday on Saturday. What? That's crazy. And, like, I literally contacted their health department. Like, this is literally what these groups are for, like, I don't understand pe- the the groups, like, the admins approved them, you know, people are commenting on them, and they were just like, oh, well, you were just posting, you probably got, like, it's a weird shadow ban thing. So they couldn't give me any specifics, obviously, because it's, like, about the algorithm or whatever. And, yeah, and I, like, tried to appeal it, and they were just like, nope, sorry, since it's temporary, we can't do anything. So... Like, literally all of the Facebook groups I posted in about the coaching and people were like, yes, me, 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 me. I was going to go back through and comment to the people who I haven't gotten applications from yet and be like, don't forget, like, you know, you have through this weekend and then, you know, by Monday it's closing and now I can't even do it until Saturday. So it's just like fucking Mark Zuckerberg (laughs) trying to keep me down. It's ridiculous so funny I think this is totally that piece where like mindset comes in a little bit to just be like listen even if I just ended this with 20 apps which obviously we're not but like it doesn't matter like I've already won like this is already epic right yeah I'm just like basically annoyed like stop stop like fuck off basically I'm just like mad at them but I mean it's like yeah realistically it's totally fine like I can always it's it doesn't close until the 20th so I can always like keep it open a day or two or whatever because there were I got like such great feedback 
uh, when I posted your idea in the groups, like, oh, do you tag someone if you know them? Yeah, and it yeah. went gangbusters. It was like out of control. So many people commenting. Yes. So yeah, it was awesome. So that definitely really, 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 really worked. So thank you for that. You know what I think is just so beautiful to like see here too, and I think you're so good at is like it's okay to be pissed. It's okay to be like super frustrated and like you just keep moving forward anyway. Like that's like never a problem for you. Like you're able to be like, okay, like I'm super fucking annoyed. This is really frustrating. And like it's it's kind of fine and I'll just comment on Saturday. Like it's so good to notice that piece in yourself, right? Yeah, I think the difference is like this could have happened and I could have been like, oh my God, of course this happened to me. Like everything happens to me, like kind of yeah, like, yeah. you know, really reactive about it. And instead I'm just like, fuck you, Facebook. <laughs> fuck you, Mark Zuckerberg. But like, I'm going to get mine and I'm just going to do this in three days. And like, tr- hopefully it doesn't happen again or else I'm just going to murder someone. But I just think that's like more like the power, like I am empowered. So I just like don't deal with that shit. Yes, exactly. It's like you're annoying and I'm going to get what I want anyway. Like that is like the most beautiful mindset, right? I think we covered this on session three, but I want to really point it out again. And I imagine I will be pointing it out for much of the season because I just love Sam's mindset around this. But it's that idea of moving forward despite challenges and knowing you can still get the result. This is the ultimate mindset, you guys. You can see that she's had setbacks in this process of trying to launch the scholarship or trying to get these next two clients, and it doesn't stop her. And that truly is the difference maker between the successful entrepreneurs and the ones that end up quote unquote failing or whatever you want to say there, is that the ones who stick in it and get the result just don't see the challenges as meaning that their success isn't inevitable. They see that their ability is in moving forward despite those challenges. And that's why Sam has a six-figure business. That's why she's built the life that she's built is because that is the belief that she foundationally holds. So if you don't feel like you have that belief that is the first and most important place to start working in your business. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that was just like basically annoying because I was literally on like chatting with Facebook support and I was like, I have people asking me questions in these groups. They're literally responding to my post and you're trying to tell me I can't even respond to them. Like Facebook, you want pe- you want people to use groups. You want yeah. people to be engaged. This is not a great like business strategy for you. But obviously, that man, that random chat support man, you know, was Didn't not care. here for my business <laughs> yeah. advice. But that's fine. So funny. <laughs> so it's good, but annoying. But it's fine. Absolutely. So twenty is amazing. What are you kind of like learning from those? Have you even gotten to kind of look at them yet? Like, tell me a little bit about that. No, I haven't looked at them yet. So we are like driving to go to a family wedding. Um, like we have like a five hour drive up to Boston today. So I am planning on just like binge reading through all of them on the drive. Mm, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I really want to like. I think I'm going to do a first quick pass of all of them so I can kind of separate into like. Definitely want to revisit this one, maybes and like hard nose. And then um, and then I'm going to do like a second pass from like a more of a market research standpoint so I can like make some notes and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to do that on the drive today. And then I wanted I did want to ask you because I do love the idea of 
scheduling calls with everyone. Yeah. So I'm just trying to think about like how I should use that call, what that call should look like, because I think it would be good to do it before I choose whoever I'm going to award it to, because obviously then I can kind of get a feel for them, like, oh my god, I love this person, or like, mm, we really are not gelling, so that'll be fine, and I'll use it for that, but I still want to use it as kind of like more market research, getting to know them, and then like knowing I'm obviously going to pitch them on the initial lower price of the one-on-one coaching, like, kind of start to like gear them up for the pitch basically right yep and then once I kind of let those people know oh hey I didn't choose you but I want to offer this to you I don't really want to get on a second call for them just to do the pitch so I'm trying to think about like what that process is going to look like totally so I think that um what I would say is when you're saying like hey let's let's get on a call and like see if we're the right fit. I think that you can just Mm -hmm. say to them, I'm literally going to run this like a discovery call because this truly is a call to see if we're the right fit together. So I'm going to have this run just like a discovery call. We're going to talk about coaching, what it would look like, what your, you know, pain points are, what we would work together and and basically just have a discovery call with them. Obviously it's for the scholarship, but I think you could run it just like a discovery call. I don't think you need right. to um, hide that in any way because that's exactly what it is. And that's cool because then you've already had a discovery call. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And then like the pitch would be, I guess, in a follow-up email. Like I'm obviously going to let everyone know like, hey, you know, I did choose someone else, but like, don't worry, like keep going. You're great. Like hopefully bring in some information about them from their discovery call and then the pitch as well. Exactly. And then what what you can do too is like offer them something specific and time sensitive. So like, you know, okay. the the pricing or we could even offer like a discount like, you know, for the next 2 weeks if you decide to do coaching, you get my introductory pricing plus you get 10% off or something like that. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking about like Either, yeah, a discount or, like, what's a bonus I could do or, you know, do we do, like, an extra call, like, a deep dive call that we can do, like, halfway through at the three-month marker, you know, one of those three things. So I'm trying to think about that. Well, I think what would be interesting is to go through the applications and see, like, what are their biggest pain points and if there's, like, a really big theme there, like, I'm just making something up, but say, like, everybody wanted to make money really fast, and it was, like, that was such a theme you kept seeing. You could be, like, and if you sign up in the next two weeks, we're going to do, like, a cash injection bonus call. Right. Yeah, yeah. I definitely – that is – I'm going to just kind of let the applications kind of guide me in that that way because, obviously, you know, then I can use – you know, language that's going to resonate with them and, you know, a solution that's going to really be like, oh, yeah, I need that shit right now. So, um, so yeah. Totally. And I think, like, some measure of discount is usually really helpful in that setting. And I think, like, you're sort of at a place in your business right now where you have, like, a lot of permission to play with that. Like, what happens as you mm-hmm. grow more, and you know this from growing the other business, is, like, as you have clients that are coming on and paying a certain rate, like, you get – less freedom in having these sweeping discounts or anything like that because it's like right. mad disrespectful <laughs> to them to a certain right. extent, right? <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. I try to be like always really um, cognizant about discounting just because it's – a. Pr- I mean even in my full-time positions, like that's always something – you know, it's important to be 
aware of, right? Exactly. So right now is like an easy time to do that. So I would say like play with that while you can. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, like maybe you do like 10% and you do um, you know, some kind of bonus that's in line. Whatever alignment. bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I like that. So the conversation of discounting is an interesting one. But what I really want to point out is that once you have a lot of clients paying a certain rate in your business, there is a level of care you have to take in discounting. I'm not saying you can never do it, but I'm just saying the game changes a bit, right? So when you can play with it at the beginning of your business, it's so fun to be able to do it. I think that so much of our industry says never discount. Discounting's always awful. It's scarcity. It's bad. It's all these things. And I just don't believe in that shit at all, to be perfectly honest. As long as it feels good to Sam, as long as it feels good to her clients, and as long as we're in a position to really play with that because she hasn't had any client pay her at this rate yet, it's a beautiful urgency generating tool. It's a beautiful gift to give to people. And it is such a great marketing tool to play with. And so discounting is not this evil thing. And it can be really useful to play with at the beginning of a new offer or even a new business. So yeah, that's pretty much what's happening with the coaching stuff. Like it's happening. It's really good. I'm excited. So I feel like um, for the 20, another question is, are you going to get on the phone with everybody who will get on the phone or are you going to filter that down? Um, I'm going to, I think today, like when I filter into the hard nose, like I don't really, I'm not like so thirsty for coaching clients that I want to coach a hard no. Yep. So, um, I'm not really going to get on a call with them because I, if they're a hard no, like I don't really want to work with them, obviously. Um, and that's fine, but I do still want, I don't want to just be like, no, see ya, like, bye. So I want to kind of think about something I could still give them for, like, taking the time to fill it out. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't want to be like, you suck, bye. So totally. I um, I kind of want to, like, maybe I do get on a call with them just as, like, you didn't get chosen, but we can still do a free discovery call just to help you. And then, like, knowing that it's, like, okay, we're going on our way after that or, like, some sort of, like, non-call bonus maybe, like a guide or something. I don't know. I mean, you could see what the numbers look like, but I think what you could yeah, do is – Yeah, I might not have that many hard no's. Yeah. So it's, like – Another option is to do, like, a group call for the harder no's. Like, okay. I'm going to offer everyone that, like, you know, wasn't a yes right now a group call where you get to come on and ask me, like, one specific question and, and you know, I'll, like, hot seat coach you. And so if there were, like, five or whatever. I like that idea. You're only spending an hour and you're getting to, like, really serve and help, but it's not, like, this super pressured thing or you don't have to, like, individually dedicate five hours of time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea. I was trying to figure out, like – yeah, like how I still want to give them something because they took the time and I appreciate that and I don't want them to like feel like, oh, I never get picked or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I don't really like the discovery. I, I, I'm kind of like, oh, but the discovery call, like what if it opens up? I mean, this is like also my mindset, right? But I'm like, but then what if they love me and they really want to work with me and then I just have to tell them no because mm -hmm. I don't like them. So because um, like, of course, they're going to want to work with me as soon as they get on a call. So, um, yeah, I was trying to think about something that could be, like, slightly less personal so it'll, it'll be a smoother transition from the no. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, I think that's a beautiful one is the group call because that way it yeah. has nothing to do with working together really. Yeah, yeah. I like that idea. Um, I love that that statement. Of course, they're going to work with me if, if they get on a call. I feel like um, – that is like one of the single most powerful coaching business statements because I always say that. Like I'm like, I don't care if it's a free call or a paid call or a bonus call or whatever. Like if people get on the phone with me, they want to buy from me. And like when you believe that's true, it's so fucking simple to run a coaching business. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's just like so true for me and the agency side of things. Like almost – I mean, and I'm sure part of this is because I do get so many referrals, but, like, if I'm getting on a call with them, it's, like, nine times out of ten they're going to book um, unless, like, the pricing isn't a good fit, which I've tried to start, like, um, you know, qualifying those leads before I get on mm-hmm, a call with them for mm-hmm. the agency. Um, yeah, so it's just, like, nine times out of ten they're going to book with me once they got on the phone with me. Um So it's just, like, something I know from the agency already and just, like, because it's about, like, how I am and I'm, like, just super, like, truthful and real and, like, I'm not going to just, like, sell you, like, a pile of shit. So so I, like, inspire trust really quickly. Amen. I love it. You guys. This mentality of, of course, they want to work with me if they get on the phone with me is why Sam has a six-figure business. It's why I have a multi-six-figure business. It's why she's going to scale to multi-six figures. Like, that's the whole thing. And I have so much excitement in my voice when I'm saying this. Y'all can't see me, but I'm sitting in my office, like, waving my arms around because I'm so excited about this one. And it's so important, right? This was one of the biggest shifters in my business where I didn't care what kind of call or what it looked like or how how qualified they were, all of these other things that we build up in our head. When I was just like, people get on the phone with me and they buy from me, guess what happened? It started to happen all the time. And now I know on repeat how to get clients. I get on the phone with people and they buy from me. And Sam has the exact same experience and it's what has taken her to six figures because she knows if she gets on the phone with a client for her agency, they're pretty reliably gonna buy. And that feeling of certainty, not only does it make you go out and get more calls and more leads with more ease, it makes them convert with more ease, right? Like it's it's that what you believe happens mentality. And it's so true and you can see it here. Like I really want you to look at yourself and be like, do I have that belief? And if not, how do I start installing it? Because I can see that the people that are ahead of me are just believing that to be truth with a capital T. And if I believe that was truth, how would I show up different? How would I act different? How would my calls go different? It is so powerful. I cannot share it enough. So make that true for you. If people get on the phone with me, they want to buy from me, period. So yeah, but I think that is worth noting too, where like you definitely don't want to put yourself in a position where you are. Like I'm all about get on the call with with anyone kind of thing at the beginning, but certainly if it's someone that you just know you don't want to work with, that's like not really good for you. It's also not really fair to them. So I think we just have to figure out like, cool, like let's, how can we serve them without like giving false expectations? Yeah, for sure. I actually, and so this is something else I wanted to talk about. So I did get a few friends and family members apply. Mm, interesting. And okay. I am going to, I mean, like, you know, not some more acquaintance level, some family, um, and some like fairly good friends. Um, so I, I'm going to try I don't know. I might do like a blind, try and do like a blind read of all the applications. I don't even know how I would do that. I'd have to like 
black out all their names. That would take a ridiculous amount of time. But because I don't want it to be my my inclination is like they're a no right off the bat, but I want to give them a fair shot. So, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know how I I haven't made a decision on that yet. I don't want to be unfair. What makes it feel like a no for you? I don't know. I mean, like, I have helped some friends and family members um, in the agency side before. And it's fine. It's not a big deal because it's kind of more um, black and white in terms of my delivery of items. Um, Coaching is just kind of like, yes, obviously we're working towards a result, but it's a little more, you know, whatever, subjective opaque whatever however you want to say so it's just like I just don't know not that I'm worried that I won't help them but it's just like if they're not showing up then it's gonna be a whole thing and then you know do I really want to deal with that like with somebody that I know if that makes sense so it's not I'm not worried about me not delivering I'm worried about like them not delivering and then from that point like it hurting the relationship or maybe I am delivering, but it's just like they realize like it's not really what they were looking for. And then it hurts the relationship kind of. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that's a really normal fear and I think it's okay to say no to that if that feels like a strong boundary to you. However, I will say like personally, I have done that. And I mm-hmm. also have seen in in business that like a lot of times our family and friends are our like early adopters. So it makes sense that you're starting a new business and that those people are your early adopters already because they know you like you and trust you already. And right. so um, in a way, it's kind of beautiful that like the people that know us are like ready to like jump on board with us. I think it says a lot. So right. So my thought in that – is I think what you would have to be clear on is, like, what are your boundaries there? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I, like, always am. So, like, I'll be up front with them, of course, when I'm on the calls. I'm just going to try and be really, really, like, you know, just take their application at face value. Like, I don't care who it is, like, you know, and that'll be fine. And then we'll, like, see where we land there. Because there's definitely some people who applied who are in industries where I'm like, okay, I'm definitely, like, that's a weaker situation for me. Like, I just don't have quite as much experience, like, um, a real estate agent or something. Like, she's an independent contractor, so she is getting her own, you know, it is her own business. But she works, and she works with, like, you know, a team or whatever, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I might not be able to serve her like quite as strongly. Um, so, but that's like it's fine. Like even and I know her, so it's like the fact that I know her isn't really going to give her a plus or minus. But the real estate thing might give her a plus or minus because like I want to make sure that I it's somebody who I can like really serve. Exactly. I think you answered it perfectly, which is like if they really have the exact problem that I solve and it's a really good fit. I can almost take that off the table because I know I can have good boundaries there. Like, meaning, like, I can be like, hey, we only talk about business in this setting. It only works this way. It looks like this. And I can just treat it like a client, basically. Um, right. But if they, I'm also not going to give them a plus because they're family. Like, if you're a family and you don't have the problem that I solve specifically, like, it's just a no, right? Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think that's beautiful that, like, those people are coming on board and that you can see like that's an opportunity too. Where like I think that's how a lot of us get our first start in business is like people that we like are acquaintances with or tangentially know like are usually our first buyers. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's like it's the referral thing, basically, essentially. Yep, but I'm totally. the one that referred them, essentially. Exactly. Um. So yeah, I yeah. would say same. It's totally in agreement with that. Like, I think it's just more like if this person had, like, if I didn't know them and I just read this application, how would I feel? Right. Yeah. Definitely. I love that this question came up about family and friends because I think this is a really important one and probably a question a lot of people have. And I feel like the industry can just be so black and white about this. It's like, no, never. And like, sure, like there's not always the perfect circumstance to do it in. But I do personally believe that there is a right way and a right time to serve family and friends in your business. I think often your family and friends are your most early adopters. Like we were talking about with Sam, like they know, like, and trust you the most. And so they're going to come off your off the fence the soonest and that is not a bad thing as long as you know they have the problem you solve as long as you have really clear boundaries and as long as you have that confidence in your ability to separate the business from the friendship with them i personally have coached many friends and have had a really excellent experience with it but i always go in with very clear boundaries for myself and for them and honestly it has been an exceptional experience with the right person in the right way and so it's not a yes always but it's not a no always either you have to find the right fit for you and the right boundaries for you but it is beautiful to recognize that sometimes they are your best first client Amazing. Okay, so um, tell me about agency stuff. Like, I know you're kind of on a ban as it relates to VA stuff, but any oh updates God, there? Oh, my God, I know. Well, so I filled out the VA matchmaking, so Amazing. hopefully that's happening. I did get, like, just from those, like, three um, posts that I managed to sneak in there, <laughs> um, I did get, like, three applications, and my questions definitely worked, so I, like, had – um, I basically just put all the whole, like all the information and job description on a page on my site and in the groups, I was just like, Hey, hiring for a social media VA to help with my clients. Um, and then I was like, you know, please go to this link to learn more. Like don't no comments, no DMS. So like nobody commented and people just commented to tag other people. So I was like, okay, cool. That's fine. Um, and then when they went to the page, there was like all the information about the position. And then my weeding out questions was like, you know, obviously send me an email with XYZ, you know, whatever subject line. Um, please note if you've like created content for the tech industry before, please send three to five examples of content you've created for three to five different industries. And then, um, like your rates and any like links, resume, whatever. So I haven't looked at those three that came through yet but um one immediately like didn't do the subject line great Mm. she's gone yeah so yeah yeah yeah. so that was good because I just like wanted to um and I know like the rates thing I'm gonna be a little softer on I mean VAs usually have pretty set rates but like I don't just like say my rates right off the bat cold a lot of the time too so like that's not really a deal breaker for me but like the subject line obviously yes like no examples great yeah that get it get the hell out of here like not interested in you so yeah i think that's gonna help so something i want to point out here is that hiring process that we designed last time is working super well right because someone already didn't get the subject line right but What I think is really important to point out here is how you noticed how decisive Sam was around that. She was like, so they're out. So anyway, 
done, right? And that's important because what we tend to do sometimes is we set up processes, but then we really flex our boundaries around them. So we're like, I won't hire anyone that doesn't have the subject line, but like, you know, maybe she just forgot or maybe this, or maybe she didn't realize. And we start flexing our boundaries so quickly. And the way that you scale and the way that you move your business forward fastest is to have those boundaries, stick to them relentlessly and be freaking decisive around them. So I just wanted to point out how much I loved when Sam was just like, nope, done, like sticking to the process, sticking to the boundaries, because it's so easy to flex them. And sometimes it's easier, quite honestly, because we just want to get that person hired or we just want that person to say yes or whatever it is. But when you stick to your own boundaries, not only does that make your business easier, but it makes you trust yourself more. And that is the most important thing in business. And then um, I've just had, like, in terms of lead gen, I have been having kind of a few calls the last two weeks or so. So I did get one client that they have their current agency and it's like a 60-day cancellation. So I said, you know, listen, I'll do a audit and a 30 60 90 strategy for you because you know they were like a little like eh, i don't know six month retainer meh. right so i was like um you know i'll do this strategy and audit for you and if you for 1500 bucks because that's the monthly rate that i quoted them at and i was like and if you decide to become a client i'll apply that to your first month's invoice because that's what i would do in the first month anyways mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah, so she they agreed to that. Great, I'm pretty you know confident that uh, there might be like you know a little bit of a gap. Like once I deliver the strategy and stuff, and they decide to go with me, obviously there's a 60 day turnaround for their cancellation with their other agency. But I'm pretty confident they will go with me, and it's a pretty um, cool, exciting client. So that's good. I'm getting, I'm starting to get some um, clients who are like more well known and stuff like that. So that's kind of just like a fun little thing. Yeah. Well, it also helps your referral set up there, too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. And it's just like every time I've been on the call, I've gotten on two calls. With, we had like a kickoff call for this strategy and audit yesterday. And like just every time I get on the call with her, we totally like, you know, she's in a very similar situation that I was when I was full timing, like pretty small business, but like high revenue generating. And, you know, she's trying to balance a lot of plates and stuff. So I think that'll be good. Um you know, I'm obviously just going to deliver a really good audit and strategy and, you know, we'll take it from there. So it's kind of like, yes, that brings me $1,500 closer to my goal, but it's only this month. It's not regular. So I'm kind of like, eh, you know, great to have that extra 1500 this month, but it's not really there in my mind yet. You know, it's not there until she signs a contract for a retainer. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that like it's straddling that line, right, between being confident and like, yeah, of course, I'm going to give her an amazing experience and I'm like willing to play the long game there and I'm pretty sure it will convert slash like obviously I want to keep moving forward in the other direction. So I know we always right. talk about how like the the end of the month is usually like the busy time for you. So mm-hmm. um, tell me like what that looks like coming up. Like do you feel like you have kind of enough time to like go deeper into the lead gen and the agency to kind of get through these apps? plus everything that's on your plate? Or do you feel like what has to happen is some kind of like prioritization because there's a lot going on? 
Yeah. So basically, and I've like sent out, I have this other potential new client that I sent a proposal for. Um, and if I got these two, that would actually fill me out. I'd be at 150k yes. in projected revenue. So it's like, that's good. I have some like other irons in the fire. So I'm kind of like approaching the, so like for the rest of this month, basically, my plan is client work is going to be like a big, it's already started, right? Because it's already the 17th. So like this week was already super busy with client work. So obviously that is a major priority. Lead gen for the agency, I mean, and when I'm, my ban is lifted, um, I'm kind of just like <laughs> more casually doing it. Um, and then, you know, it's like, I'm, you know, maybe like once or twice a week, I do it for like, you know, a couple hours, great, whatever, like, it's not going to be too much. Um, but it, it'll depend, like, you know, because then once I schedule discovery calls and prepping proposals that takes up time so um that's kind of on the back burner like it's happening but not that much and then because obviously like the coaching scholarship stuff is happening like the application I have closing on the 20th um I might push that a little bit we'll see and then um you know I basically said I really want to you know, have those calls and choose someone by like around the 25th because I want to start that next week because it's like the first of no I might push everything back by one week because November 1st is a Friday so I feel fine if we start like you know November 4th the yeah, week yeah. Of November 4th so I'm not too worried about that um but like all of that has to happen right I gotta review all these applications gotta get on calls gotta choose somebody da 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 whatever so that's a high priority that's probably only second I mean client work is first like obviously whatever but you know and then but I would say the VA is kind of VA and coaching are a little bit competing because I'm excited about the coaching but like the VA needs to happen so it's like that's getting time because I figured out the timing for the VA and basically like I want to do interview I'm essentially doing interviews and discovery calls at the same that's all happening next week I'm gonna fucking kill myself next week with calls and because then the following week I'm basically choosing you know hopefully a VA and the scholarship person like around the same time um the VA is a harder deadline because I really want to like have chosen someone you know figure everything out that last week of October so that they are like starting it is happening November 4th like we are doing the damn thing so that last week of October is kind of going to be like you know maybe some soft onboarding maybe it's a call like an additional kickoff call maybe you know whatever however it is you know figuring out how we're going to communicate what how what that exactly that's going to look like um so the VA timeline is definitely harder than the coaching the coaching could get pushed back like one week and when do you leave for um, training? So, oh, yeah. So that's the other thing is, like, I'm going to be fully out of pocket. Um, the It's, like, November 11th to the 16th. So okay. it's, like, the second full week of November. Yes. So I have to start prepping my clients for that. Um, it shouldn't be too much of an issue. But, like, I'm going to be fully, fully, like, don't expect – shit from me that week right um and then you know you'll get lucky maybe you'll get something but you know don't expect it so i had to start prepping for that and i have to do lacy all of this goddamn content right it's out of control like basically 
everybody who's going to this training, no one feels, we all feel behind. We all feel insanely behind because the content, we're like the first round of this. So, you know, that comes with pluses and minuses, right? Being in the first round of something, lower price point, but kind of not everything has worked out. So definitely the content did not come out early enough. So everybody's basically just like, well, shit. Um, So I just like, I started this week really trying to like, make it a point like I need to listen to at least one of these things a day there's like a fucking workbook I have to read through twice there's another book I gotta read so (laughs) that's also happening so I just like really not sure I think it's just gonna be like very aggressive for the next couple of weeks because I want to do all these things at the same time but I'm kind of like that's fine for me like in my brain like it's different from September in that in September it was kind of frustrating because I felt so busy and so hectic but because so much of it was in my personal life that like I didn't see you know what's the result of this hectic life whereas the next you know month basically until I go to training it's all busy with work so I'm gonna by the end of that you know I'm gonna have definitely like at least probably one new client for the agency i'm gonna have the scholarship hopefully i'll have a couple of full paying coaching clients and i'll have a va so i'm just leaning in (laughs) basically and it's fine because i'll have so much i'll be like great like i i can point to the things that happened for sure i think that sometimes there are seasons of busy um and seasons of you know, slow in business. And I feel like if we can connect the busy to really specific results and outcomes where it makes sense to be really busy instead of just being really busy for the sake of being busy, it's totally a different game. We just want to make sure that's all feasible. But if you're like, it's totally feasible, it's just kind of getting my head on board with that for now. Like, that's a great place to be. Like, that's not a problem, right? Because there's an end right. in sight. Um, and there's exactly. a really specific result in sight. If if neither of those were true, like, yeah, we can't just indefinitely be this, like, busy bee for no reason, right? Right. And now it's looking like we – so it's, like, magnetic coach training, and then there's a week, and then it's Thanksgiving week. And then I think the following week we're, like, going on a vacation for our anniversary – which I will be like, I'm not going to be like super hard out of pocket because yeah. I will have just been really hard out of pocket like three weeks before, but that'll be nice. So it's basically like I have essentially like a month and a half of like, the, and then that vacation is really going to mark the end of it because that's the first week of December and then everything will probably start, you know, client work will qu- start to quiet down as it does in December and all those things. So it's kind of like there is, a, a, I mean, I think the craziness will be the next month but at most it'll be the next month and a half and then I get to go on a great vacation so I'm kind of like all right that's fine something we're really touching on a lot here is the idea that sometimes it is okay to be busy but you have to be intentional about it it has to not last forever and it has to be really connected to a specific result for it to feel good right I think that You know, it's funny because I've been in this industry for a long time. And when I first got in the industry, I feel like the hustle mentality was so hard and so strong. And everybody was about that hustle and that grind. And then the pendulum totally swung. And it was about like ease and never working more than a certain amount of hours and never being busy and it never being hard or whatever. And I really believe that there's somewhere in the middle. Sometimes I have a busy season in business. Sometimes I have a chill season. 
and it all balances out. But in the busy seasons, it's okay to be busy because you're being really intentional, because you know there's an end in sight, and because it's connected to this really specific result. If you're just staying busy for the sake of being busy, that's a whole other thing that's not serving you. But every now and then there is a time in your business to be like, let's just buckle up and enjoy the ride for a little bit because it is a busy season. And so here's what I want you to take away from this is permission to have a busy season if all those things are true. Slash, if you're just staying busy for the sake of being busy, it's time to relook at things because it means you probably are not being intentional. There's probably not an end in sight and you probably aren't connecting it to a specific result. For sure. And I think you'll you'll be set up in a different way then. So when you're on that vacation, you'll have a VA. You'll have the client exactly. onboarding process done. You'll right. have the ideally the um, agency onboarding client or client onboarded as well. So I feel like that that sets you up for success. And that where like it would be easy to be like, oh, let me put off the VA or the client until after that, which like, you know, is just sort of like putting it off. What we really want is for you to be set up by the time you're leaving. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like the coaching thing, like I don't I'm not going to push it anymore because like nobody really wants to start coaching in December. So I definitely want it to start in November and the VA needs to start because then that'll free me up for all these other things. So it's like those two things kind of just happen, have to happen. They are happening simultaneously, but they have to happen. So it's like, I don't care. It's I'm good with that. And it's like fun. It's exciting. You know, it's all fun, good things. Absolutely. So let's talk about one thing here, which is um. The, the coaching in December piece. Um, one thing I want to add onto like this, this idea of pitching to people after the application process is giving them an option mm-hmm. to put down a deposit for January. Yeah, I'm definitely am going to do that. Um, I'm like a big believer in taking deposits because like I don't really care how gung-ho you are about it now. Like if you don't put skin in the game, like in two months, who knows what's going to happen. 100%. Um, Yeah, so it's just, like, so I am definitely going to offer that because it is, like, a lot of people are crazy, especially if they have, like, kids. It's just going to be, like, you know, insanity. Um, So that is definitely something that I'm going to do, and it would kind of be nice to, like, you know, it's a wait list. Like, I'm starting, you know, the year off with a few coaching clients, like, in the bag. So um, that is definitely something I'm going to, like, offer to people. Yeah, especially for you because you're going to be away for part of it or whatever. And not that you couldn't do calls while you're away. I mean, like, obviously, that's not that big of a deal. But if that works out for them and that works out for you, I think that's, like, a pretty big win-win there. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's not like I need the revenue. So it's, like, great. Let's do that. It'll be great for everyone. Because we were talking – I was on my mastermind the other day. And I was like, what are your holiday – like, what's everyone's holiday plans? Like, you know, some people – take the like all of December off some people just take like you know the two weeks around Christmas and New Year's off like what and I just like don't really you know I just kind of a lot of times during the holidays like I still work but it's much more like sporadic so it's like I'm gonna hop on and do some stuff in the morning and then like you know maybe like in the afternoon or maybe in the it's it's very like you know I just and if it's like if I don't have anything that has to get done like I'm not gonna work obviously um so that's kind of just like my plan. So the less stuff I'm like loading into December, the more likely it is that I can just chill. Yeah, exactly. And I think also like get yourself set up really intentionally. Like so, you know, obviously like best best problem to have is that we have to onboard a lot of people and we figure that out. And you obviously 
know onboarding and you have it in your other business. But secondarily, if if not, then you have plenty of time in December to get a lot of these like really foundational things set up for coaching that just aren't there yet. Yeah, I'd really love like um I think my mas- one of my masterminds we might do like a virtual like thing in December, like summit over a couple of days, like 2020 plan. Like I just really want to like I'll probably do this during my vacation is sit and really think about like because my business has changed so much in 2019 and grown so much in 2019. So I, I'm, I don't typically take the time to sit and think about bigger picture, bigger strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really am going to try to force myself. Like maybe there's a margarita involved and maybe I'm by the pool. But like something, it needs to happen. I need to just like sit and think about like, okay, 2020, great. What is happening there? Totally. And I think, um, you know, just sort of like, not only like in a really strategic way, but in like a giving yourself permission to dream kind of way too. Like, I feel like um, you're really good at like being like in the in the dirt, so to speak, like next thing, right? And if you yeah. can like have a moment to be in the clouds where you're like, yeah, but like in an ideal world, what would all this look like? That would be like really good for you. Yeah, for sure. Because it's like I'm already thinking like, okay, great. Like once I get the VA, I'll be able to figure out what's my new bandwidth for like yep. coaching. What happens then? Am I just growing like to a $50,000 coaching business? What does that look like? Okay, well, once you get to that, you know, you need to introduce like group coaching or, or you know, or online coaching or like da-da-da, whatever. Yep. So I'm already like, okay, what does that look like? What does that look like? And I'm not saying I want to build like a half a million dollar business, but just like what is that going to look like and how am I going to continue to need to shift things so that I'm at that like around $200 re- yearly revenue and we're making sure I'm still only working 20 to 25 hours a week. Like how do I need to continue to like grow but scale in a way that is going to give me that result? Totally. And I think like thinking about that earlier rather than later is helpful in your situation simply because I think the coaching thing is going to take off quickly. Like even just in putting this out, you're already going to be getting over 25 to 30 applications. Like we know we're going to book some clients off of that. Plus you're going to have a free client. Like it's, it's funny how far away it seems, but how fast it happens, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I only need basically 10 clients 10 like at the $5,000 price point 10 coaching clients a year for it to be $50,000 which is like nothing so um yeah like I'm not really worried about that getting there it's just like okay then what what's what do we need to look at or what do we need to do or whatever so what I think would be like cool as a starting point for you there. And like, this is not a rushed thing, but I'll just kind of put it on your list. Um, Is almost more start with like your ideal schedule. Because I know Mm -hmm. the lifestyle piece is like super important here. Like you're traveling around the country. You left your job to be able to do that. Like lifestyle is so key. And so in that 20 hours or 25 hours or whatever you want it to be, like where do you see that time going? Like are you like, I'd love to just spend five on the agency and 15 on coaching? Or are you like, honestly, I'd really like for it to be 50-50 or whatever. But if you can kind of just get that mapped out, it's going to be so much easier for us to go, well, then what's the the actual strategy to input here that makes that happen? Does that make sense? 
Yeah, for sure. And I've been starting to try and think about that. I think once I'm like, get, I'm hoping that, you know, I do the scholarship and then I'm able to sell the discounted coaching to at least a couple of people. So then I really get a feel of how it, you know, is going to work doing the agency and the coaching at the same time. Cause right now I kind of don't know, like I'm not sure. Yeah. So, um, I'm definitely hoping I can get like at least two months of that kind of under my belt so I can start to be like, okay, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm liking. You know, I can see this, you know, looking like X, Y, Z moving forward. Totally. And I think some people are like drained or energized by different things. So you might be like, oh, like some people are like coaching calls are kind of draining. I can only do three. Or some people are like, coaching calls are so invigorating for me. I'd much rather spend my day doing five of those than anything else. Like, and it either is fine. It just depends. You know what I mean? Yeah, I did have when I had my very first coaching client in the spring, yeah. I ha- I just like happened to be having a lot of calls around that time because I was like also onboarding a few clients at the same time, whatever. Um, oh, and I was also like still working on website projects. So I was just like having calls around that. Um and so I was I was having like a, probably five at like five to ten maybe calls a week. And I was like, this is a no for me. Like, <laughs> right. We do not like this. So I am. But the, a lot of it was agency calls, which obviously are very different from coaching calls. So that's definitely something that I'm going to try and like remember, but then see, you know, how that feels. And it's also like coaching, like my target audience, like that's going to be, they're going to need coaching calls, uh, you know, at best during lunch or, you know, before they go to work or after they go to work. Mm -hmm. Right. So I have to like think about that as well. Just like that's going to be like a reality of my schedule. So like how many times do I want to have to work early or you know, work late a week. Because a lot of times I like working in the evenings and at night, but because like I feel like it, right? So I'm like working on client work and it's like whatever. So it's just like, I don't know if I, you know, I can always not work that night and like go to dinner or whatever. But it's like, if I have a call, obviously it has to happen. So that's like all things that I know I need to kind of sit and think about and like figure out and make decisions around. Totally. And I think to your point, like you'll get the clients and then you'll be able to go from there. But even just playing with that ideal schedule is going to be really helpful because all we're trying to do is get discernment here. So if we set up an ideal schedule and it doesn't end up feeling good, great, we have discernment and then we can move forward. But like if we have like a target to point at, it's so much easier, even if we end up changing that target eventually, but it just gives us an area to focus on. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And I think right now you you have that target, which is just quite simply three clients or whatever as a starting point, right? Yeah, exactly. And then we we do the reevaluation from there. So it's like, fine, you you definitely have the target. But like the more narrow we can keep getting there, the easier it's going to be to keep designing it. Um, I have a feeling you're going to end up with like more clients than than you think through these applications. Just because I think you'll be excellent on the phone like we talked about and like having a discovery call with all of them is just really going to be brilliant. Um, Yeah. So it's kind of just getting yourself prepared in that capacity too. Um, So here's something I would offer on that front is like think about the time of day that's ideal for you to have the calls and lead with that first. (laughs) Okay. And then if somebody has to request an exception, that's fine. 
But, like, you'll be surprised at how many people are willing to make shit work. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, and it's like, you know, some of these people, yeah, they might have a full-time job, but, like, they work from home. There's a lot of days they can work from home or, like, whatever. So it's definitely, like, I'm going to talk about that on the call because it's, like, if they have to leave because they have a long commute at, like, 7 a.m. and they're not getting home until 7 p.m., like, ooh, yeah, that's probably not going to work. Um. So just, like, from a realistic standpoint. Totally. So, like, just for you right now, even, like, kind of having an idea there of, like, what's best slash what you're willing to, um, you know, make concessions around would is really helpful going into it because it's sort of easy to find. And I know this is true for you because you're really good at sort of just, like, doing what needs to be done. But sometimes mm-hmm. that backfires. And then we're like, wait, why do I have fucking seven calls at night? <laughs> Right. Yeah. No, I mean, that definitely makes sense because once I decide like what my ideal day is and the schedule I want, I can back into like, okay, then realistically based on that, how many clients can I fill just because of when those calls are going to need to happen or like whatever. Yep. So um, I can kind of like start to back into that, that number a little bit more. Something I really wanted to drive home with Sam was that idea of just picking at least a starting point for your ideal schedule. Doesn't mean it never changes, but knowing what you're aiming for is really, really important. And it's okay if yours looks different than anybody else's. There is not a right way to do this. For some people, calls are really draining, and for others, they're really uplifting. Like for me, I love a day where I'm on calls all day. For some people, they hate that. You really get to decide though, right? Like you want to know how you want to spend your time and then truly build your business around that. We want to be able to be flexible without accidentally building the wrong business, right? Or the wrong schedule. So what I mean by that is when you know what your kind of, you know, desire is and what you want that schedule to look like, at least for the time being, you can make your strategy choices around that. When you're just kind of open and too willing to be flexible, sometimes you'll get in a situation like I was mentioning to Sam, where you're like, wait, how did I end up with this business? And then you think something's wrong with the business, but oftentimes it's just wrong with the strategy or how you built it or what schedule you've gotten set up for yourself. So starting with that from square one and reverse engineering, that is a really helpful way to build a business that actually serves you and that actually fits your life. Totally. And it's funny, right? Because I think something important to illustrate is like different advice, different personalities. So for somebody else who's a lot more tentative, I would almost give the opposite advice. Like, don't worry about it so much. If you had to do a couple calls at night, it would work out fine. But for you, you're you're like the opposite. Like you're, you're always going to show up and figure it out. So we have to be a little more cautious and not accidentally showing up for like eight calls at night and then being like, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to accidentally immediately build a six-figure coaching business and then just be like, well, fuck. Yeah, like this is not how I thought this was going to be, right? (laughs) That would be funny and great. But yeah, definitely don't really want to do that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like good problem to have in certain capacity, really annoying problem in others. So we can kind of just find the balance there of like, yeah, we're going to make concessions, especially at the beginning, right? And there's only so many we're willing to make. Right. Because you have another business that needs your time and energy and attention slash you've built your life in a certain capacity. And so to not be able to live that life is just crazy. Right. Yeah, for sure. So good. Okay. So as far as um, homework stuff, I really think biggest focus is like running those three calls, like discovery calls. I think that's going to just convert so well for you. Let's figure out what the bonus is if we want to do a percentage after you look at the applications, if we want to do a specific offer or guide or whatever. 
Um, figure out what you want to do the group call on based on who the no's were. Let's set up the idea of deposits, you know, like what do you need to take for that? Um, And then like play with the ideal schedule and just see what comes up now, knowing that we'll have to reframe that as you get deeper into coaching and see how much you enjoy being on those calls. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. And then also just like starting to do interviews for the VA, hopefully, is also going to be happening before our next call. Yeah. So just like a million I'm so excited for you to get a VA. Like so excited. I'm like so interested because it, it, everybody that has like a good VA that they really like are they're all just like oh my god it changed my life like yep. I want a VA for my whole life basically so I'm just like really interested to see how that goes and um and everything so you know hopefully it'll change my life <laughs> I, I I feel very strongly <laughs> that it will I mean we obviously have to find the right person but exactly that like I think it's gonna make a really big difference. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just, again, it's just, like, all exciting things. So it's, like, I know I'm going to be busy, but it's kind of just, like, all, like, things that are not moving the needle, like, re- like throwing the needle forward. <laughs> We're so, playing darts at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm quite good at darts, too, so. Um, but, yeah, so that's, like, it's all good. It's kind of, like, I'm getting, even though I'm really busy, it's, like, it's I'm getting energy from just, like, knowing, like, all of these things are, are happening. So that's good. So good. All right. Well, keep me posted in Basecamp. I'll put this stuff in for you. Let me know how you're feeling about applications and what's kind of popping up in there and just share some of the details with me and then we'll go from there. Okay. Perfect. Sounds good. Beautiful. All right. Have a good week, my dear. Thanks. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset strategy and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.